I'm leased on to Oakley, and Oakley is my customer. The way I treat Oakley every day makes a big difference in how that I'm delegated loads and responsibilities. The people I go see that I unload and load at are Oakley's customers. So a customer that I'm out taking care of is Oakley's customer. Oakley is my customer. So if I'm at a, a, a place and I unload or I load and they call Oakley back on the phone and say, could you send that guy back? Let's me know that I'll have business in the long run and that Oakley will also have business, which it's, the left hand feeds the right hand. So I have thought about this a lot about when I get to a place and I'm not too clear on what needs to happen as to how to keep smile on that face and, and be positive and keep moving forward. Welcome to the Oakley Podcast, Trucking Business and Family. This show is brought to you by Oakley Trucking, headquartered in North Little Rock, Arkansas. The purpose of this podcast is to communicate with Oakley owner-operators and their families by giving them up-to-date information concerning Oakley Trucking and the trucking industry. From business advice to safety updates to success stories. Also to give an insight to outside truck drivers that might be interested in joining the Oakley family. Hi, this is Jeremy Kellett, Director of Recruiting here at Oakley Trucking. And I'm your host for this podcast. This is the Oakley Podcast Trucking Business and Family. And this is episode 124. So on today's episode, we're going to talk to one of Oakley's independent contractors. His name is Bruce Marks. He's from Nebo, Kentucky. And, and we're going to talk about his success story as a truck driver. And he's going to tell us some things, you know, that played a key role in his success as becoming a truck driver. And also talk about some people that played in a successful role in his journey to becoming an owner operator. So stay with us. It's going to be a great episode, but the first thing, you know, I want to tell you about is the Oakley podcast. You know, I was thinking about this this morning and why we do this podcast. And today you're going to find out Bruce is one of the examples of why we do this podcast, but it's to be able to communicate with people out there, either potential owner operators, Oakley owner operators that are here, their families that are here. It's just a you know, it's just an, an insight to what goes on here and, and how we think, whether we're having dispatchers on the podcast, owner operators, safety, guests of some sort in the trucking business. But what you, you know, what you're not going to find here is probably the news. We're not going to do much headline news that you hear everywhere else anyway. Why do I need to repeat it? You know, we're, we're, this podcast is something that, uh, you know, we are, we work hard at getting you good information out there. We, we want to our owner operators to be informed of good information and also see success stories of other people that are working here and how they did it. And we always think that's good. So this is just another testament to our idea of a podcast. So, okay, but first, before we get started talking to Bruce, let's, let's hear from Arrow Truck Sales and our Oakley update. Let's listen to one of Oakley's owner-operator experience with Arrow Truck Sales. Called Kenworth off of 440. Called Peterbilt, called Freightliner. None of them wanted to work with me. So uh, Jeremy Kellett uh, got me in, got me over to Trey, Trey Visor. Me and him had a conversation. He sent me to uh, Keith Wilson, and never looked back from that point. I was upside down 29000 and change. They paid off all but $5,000 of my loan on a blown truck. 
that right there said a lot to me. You know, they were willing to step outside of their comfort zone to get my deal done. I never felt like a customer. It was more like a family feeling. Um, he took care of every, every aspect of the deal. He was completely transparent. There was no hidden, no hidden nothing. So if you're in the market for a used truck, you owe it to yourself to call Keith Wilson at Arrow Truck Sales in Springfield, Missouri. Tell him you heard it on the Oakley podcast. Okay, Oakley update today. Really a short one. I got just a couple things. You know, last year we started a, on your anniversary date, we send you, we send you out a years of service decals. So the shop lady, Miss Kristen, she does a great job. She makes up the years of service decals because she has your color of stickers that's on your truck and she gives them to the recruiting department and then somebody in the recruiting department, Miss Wendy, I think, and mail them to your house. And we mail the years of service and we want you to stick them on your truck. And then not only stick them on your truck to be proud of your years of service at Oakley, but also take a picture of it. So and send it to Miles Mason so we can post it on social media for everybody, or you can do it yourself, of course, but we like to see that kind of stuff. And also when you're signing your, this is another thing, when you're signing your lease at the end of the, the lease, there's a page for you to fill out, to pick a shirt. We provide you a free shirt. I believe it's either two free t-shirts or one button down shirt and you pick it out your size and then we send it to a company and they mail it to your house because we want everybody that renews their lease to get a free shirt. So I need to know if you're not getting that, if you get it ordered when you sign your lease and you're not receiving it, let us know so we can we can fix that problem if there is. And if you are getting it, then let us know that too so we, we know the job's getting done. So, But that's it for the Oakley update. We appreciate it. Now I wanted to talk to Mr. Bruce Marks. Hey, Bruce, what's going on today? Hello, Mr. Kelly. I trapped Bruce. We actually talked a month or two ago on the telephone and just visiting. We were talking about doing a podcast together, and he said, yeah, I'd love to. It'd be great. So I kind of, he, he was in the shop today and kind of corralled him up in here to, to talk a little bit about his story. First, to get started, I guess, Bruce, give our listeners an idea of who you are, maybe a little bit, your family and, and where you're from. Well, I'm from Hopkins County, Kentucky, and my father, he was a manager for Kroger there. And my mother was a housewife and I was raised in a family where we had a lot of motorsports action going on with my dad, like to drag race and round motors and my uncles all farm. So I, I learned the trucking business through them and started driving hay trucks at such a young age that I had to stand up to hold the steering wheel to, to drive them. And I have two brothers and a sister and we all were just one big family growing up. So that's where I'm from is Madisonville, Kentucky. I live in Nebo, Kentucky now. So good family, your brothers and sisters and everybody still alive and well? I've lost one brother. Okay. And I've got two sisters still alive. And then mother and father was taken by cancer from me. And my father, he, uh, he raised me that, uh, if you'll drive a truck, you'll always have a job. Yeah. So with that being said, I, I was a meat cutter for several years and involved in construction for several years and had my own business in construction. And then I uh, 
went home to help take care of my family and started into driving a truck for my brother-in-law hauling timber. And so that one thing led into another. What was your, so that was your first truck driving job? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I'd had a international cab over nine speed and 400 Cummins, spring truck, no air conditioner. It was a, a truck that we used to haul timber to the mill with. I did a few road trips with it, but it, it was a work truck for the most part. Well, and that, that's, a that's probably the way a lot of guys got started, you know, in the, back in the day. Mm-hmm. So how long you been driving total? I started driving in 96 and I, I've hauled steel, run flatbeds, hauled vans, done pneumatics, end dumps, container open tops, hauled aluminum, done several aspects. One of the biggest adventures in trucking that I did was hauling crushed cars for a fella. And crushed car hauling is a really true truck driver challenge. Is it? Why is that? Well, you're going out and getting a truck, the cars out of a junkyard. So backing into a junkyard with a trailer not flattening the tower, tires and going around to get back to the crusher, wherever they may have put it, sometimes puts you in a situation to learn how to back up and how to handle the truck in that junkyard. So There's skill to that, isn't there? There is. There, there truly is. And uh, so yeah, it's uh, securing them and th- that type of thing. You learn a lot about securement through doing that. So you've been at Oakley how long? One year. Okay. And the pneumatic division. Pneumatic. But you had done pneumatics before you got here. That's correct. Who, who for? What was it? I had hauled um, for Boyd Grain. I hauled plastic for them, and we did preloaded trailers in the beginning, and then we did vac plastic out of Evansville, Indiana. And then I started to travel over the road and do different locations to load with the vac. Prior to that, where I learned to haul pneumatic was going to the coal mine with what's called rock dust. And rock dust is what you apply to the walls in an underground coal mine, and it makes it fireproof. And so they use a tremendous amount of that. And uh, I worked for Hutchinson, Jim Hutchinson. It, it was not a real large company, but they had nice equipment. And uh, I worked six days a week, three in the afternoon till three in the morning, you know. And so I had a man named Curtis very first time to show me how to operate the tank. And so when I worked for Boyd, I had a guy named Kirk and he was a real instrument and an older fella. He's older than I am. And he's very in, intelligent about handling plastic and taught me a lot about it. So now what kind of truck you own now? It's a 2022 389 Peterbilt Viper. 280-inch wheelbase and 78-inch sleeper. Nice. Stand up. You bought it to come over here? Yes, sir. How was that process of going through, because I was talking to Harrison earlier, the recruiter, about getting, you know, figuring out you wanted to become an owner-operator, then going through the process of ordering a truck and getting on, leased on the Oakley Trucking. Well, you know, Oakley Trucking's been very instrumental from the beginning dealing with Harrison about the steps of, of owner operatorship and buying a truck. So that being said, once we started the process, the dealerships last year were very hard to get the trucks in. And we went through a very long process to receive the truck to the dealership and have it finished up for delivery. And it took about three months from the time it was 
rolled out the back door for it to get completed. And so that was a very rigorous. Frustrating. Endeavor. Yes, a very, <laughs> very hard endeavor to get all that done. And so it is a true challenge now to buy a new truck just because of the availabilities. And I have to say that the dealership where I dealt with there in Nashville, Rush Peterbilt, Denise Gilbert, my salesperson, was a very instrumental in completing tasks because there were times it was extremely frustrating, to say the least. Didn't know if it was going to get done or not. Didn't know if it would or not. Actually, in the end, I, I called uh, Den Peterbilt and spoke with the main office and let them know I would call back each day until they finally told me that it was done. And, and the lady said, well, let me let you talk to someone. And the man that got on the phone was the plant manager. And I, he said, what's your problem? And I said, well, I, I need sensors, you know. And so he said, I've got some coming in. And he said, well, I, I'll go get them and I'll, I'll text you Saturday morning, let you know if your truck's done. I was like, okay. So Saturday morning, I'm cooking eggs in the, in the kitchen and I hear some text come in on the phone and it says your truck's ready. So it was basically one of the happiest days of my life being a new owner operator and finally completing that part of the task and called Harrison immediately and started just being elated that that, that was done. So yeah. that was, it was, it was a long rigorous process. Well, yeah, it sounds like it. It's uh, I think a lot of people's had that long process of getting trucks, but it, it just has been taking a while. I don't know. Maybe they're getting a little bit better now, but you got you a brand new Peterbilt. So when you started and you've been here, you've been here a year yet or almost a year? It's a year, day after tomorrow, be oh. for one year. Well, congratulations. Well, thank you. Survived the first year at Oakley. That's right. Not everybody can do that, Bruce. Right, right, right. <laughs> it can be a challenge. So this is your first owner-operator job? Yes, it is. I was, I'd never been an owner-operator before, and Oakley has several people in the departments of of the paperwork and everything that's got to be done that they were very instrumental in helping me be able to do the things I didn't know to do. And like what? Well, Mrs. Peaks, she communicated with my bank and Harrison, my recruiter, communicated with my bank. So with those two people working with my bank, created a situation for me to be able to get the loan for my vehicle because my bank typically doesn't loan money commercial trucks okay so with that being said uh, they were very very instrumental in getting this task accomplished and uh, i couldn't ask for any better so you know it takes a it takes a team to get that done it's saying you would think it'd be as simple as uh, i've got the money i'm gonna go buy a truck but there's a lot more to it than that when you get when you actually get started in doing it with the paperwork, the title work, the, the loan work. I mean, it, it's got to all come together. The 2290 that people don't know about, you got to pay and getting a tag and there's things like that, that uh, I know Oakley here is good. You know, we do play a big part in trying to help that happen and get it done, especially, especially when we know we got a good owner operator, a good truck driver, a good candidate that we need least on here. We go the extra mile, try to get that done. Well, Oakley has been instrumental in making me a better driver. I, I came in and of course you always think you pretty well got everything under control, but you learn a lot from everybody and the safety department here has helped me to be a better driver. How's that? Well, they've been patient with me and I've never had a camera in my truck and things like that. And the camera, it sees everything you do. And so you want to have 
no mistakes such as stopping fully at stop signs and driving over the speed limit. You may not think you're speeding, but once you get to a certain speed, it'll let you know. And so the State Department has been really, really good to deal with about these things and helped me to be a better driver. And from what I understand is I'm getting better every day at my scores and being able to handle the truck in a fashion that no matter who's looking, it's in a safe manner. So that's helping me to be a better driver. Really? Yes. So, you know, when we put, that's interesting because we put those cameras in, of course, they're all forward-facing cameras that go with the, the geotab logs that we have. We talked about it before we were on the podcast, but those, uh, you don't hear that. I, well, I say the safety department hears that from a lot of, a lot of our owner operators that it has made them a better driver, but I don't think our listeners hear that very often or do they may not believe it. I'm not sure, <laughs> but, but you know, that, uh, that's pretty interesting that having that camera has made you a better driver. Did you not think you was a good driver before? I think that we are creatures of habit and you do things in a manner that you second nature where you don't think about what you're doing. I race motorcycles and somebody would ask me, how do you do this? And some things you do without thinking about. So once you get in the habit of certain things, if you have something to point out that that's not a good habit, you, you sort of sculpt your way away from that. So with that being said, I find that it's some of these habits, such as pull up to a stop sign and not coming to a complete stop, is sort of a habit. And when you're in a big truck, it's you're wanting to get on out in the road when it's clear and get moving. But the, the officer's sitting and watching you from a distance and you don't stop completely. Now you've got a violation for pull away from the stop sign and not stopping. And it, it has made me such a driver that when I go home and drive my personal vehicle, I actually stop at stop signs and, and, and that's why I've it has made me a better driver, period. So I think we need to put those cameras in some of these four-wheelers. Well, all these people drive like Miles probably needs a camera. And I know Corey needs one and Vicky needs one in the recruiting department because here's here's the bad habits that I see people do is they get on the, as soon as they get on the interstate, it is a direct, I got to get in the farthest left lane and tailgate somebody. But it's, but it's not going to get you there and that's, sooner. That's a bad habit that you're talking about that people do. And I get aggravated, you know, and, because I'm, they're going to have, a, something's going to give, you know, but they're not, and then they it. come in and then they come in the office mad. I'm like, well, if y'all just stay in the right lane and cruise on, you wouldn't be so mad when you get here. You're not getting there any sooner. You know, <laughs> that's what I've learned is the people in front of me that are making mistakes and I want to tell them about it. They can't hear me, uh-uh. you know, uh-uh. and so, the, you know, staying calm and, and laid back is makes your day go better. What's it like pulling a pneumatic tank? A pneumatic tank is a um, scientific adventure, the different types of plastics and different products that you put in it. And each time you use it, you have to wash it out and get it ready for the next product to go into it. So it's a. It's a, a lot of prep. It's a lot of thinking ahead and making sure that you've got everything you need to be able to hook to wherever you go. There's four inch, six inch, male, female on all your fittings. You've got different type hoses. Your filters are set up so that if they're not working correctly, they'll stop up your system. So there's a lot of science and pneumatic hauling. And so let me stop you there. So somebody listening out there that doesn't know how a doesn't know what you're talking about a pneumatic trailer mm-hmm. dumb it down for us miles mason he probably don't know what we're talking about you know well let's t- t- to explain the okay uh, the, the 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 pneumatic tank is nothing but a big air tank 
and your truck is nothing but the compressor to operate that tank. The truck will create either vacuum or push pressure to push the, the product off the trailer. So you have an inlet and an outlet on the front of your trailer, and that will operate whether you're going to make vacuum and draw material through a, a six-inch hose or a four-inch hose and, and fill your trailer. You've got air gauge on the front of the trailer, and you've got an air gauge on the rear of the trailer. And as you fill the trailer, you watch those gauges, and you want to manipulate the front or the back fill tubes as to how you're filling the trailer. So, And what are you filling the trailer from? You're filling the trailer from the rear of the trailer. There are two load on Oakley trailers. You've got two load chutes on the back of the trailer that are six inch. And they are premier when it comes to loading because that six inch hose will vac a load on much quicker than a four inch hose will. Okay. So you're getting a bigger volume of air, bigger volume material. Time constraints are very important with the e-logs now. So everything you can make up where you can, you. You want that trailer to perform flawlessly so that you're not having to make So you're able to, by yourself, you're able to load your own trailer. That's correct. You, you go in sometimes to a rail yard, and there may be just paperwork for a rail car, and you've got to find a rail car and then load yourself. And with Oakley trailer, with the air gauges that, that are on the trailer, I can load the trailer to 79,300 pounds, 79,600 pounds, and get the axles just right because I'm watching those two gauges and they're very accurate. Takes a little bit of test and trial to get it dialed in, but there's a recipe for every trailer's different how it loads. Mm. So you got to be patient with yourself when you first start using a trailer to make it so that you can do that. So it's a, it's a big air tank. Mm -hmm. You've got it loaded. It's, it's all sealed off like a big air tank. Mm -hmm. And now you got to get the product out of there. Well, that's in, into what? Okay. Now you're going to have several different ways that you're going to unload that trailer. Typically you go into a silo with it. There are times though that you'll get to a place and they'll tell you, we don't have a silo and you can use what to call a Gaylord, which is a glorified huge box on a pallet and you put a cardboard lid on it, cut a little hole on top of it and you can put it on low pressure and ease that material into the box and you can do that. It takes a little experience to do that. There are times that you'll get to a rail yard and they'll have a candy cane on the side of the rail car and you'll hook onto that candy cane and blow it into the top of the rail car and load it out of it. Now, mm -hmm. when I was at the coal mine, you... There were times that we didn't load it into a silo that you unloaded the pneumatic trailer on a pipe that went 600 to 900 feet in the ground down into the underground mine. Oh, wow. And when you do that, it can you can unload the trailer in about 15 minutes by opening up all the hopper handles and you just blow it straight down into the mine. So that's not a typical unload, but there's all different ways of unloading. You told me earlier that you it was kind of scientific. You like science, so mm -hmm. that's kind of the... The picture I get in my mind of a big air tank, and I've got to figure out how the pressure with all the valves and the product falling down to the bottom line, and you got pressure, you're pumping air to get the product out, and then it's got to go who knows where well, to the silo or how far. 
in, in the science of it, you have all different types of plastic. They have different melt rates. And so, therefore, air pressure and air velocity creates heat. So you have to have a handheld temperature gauge with certain products, not to have what they call angel hair or streamers come off your product. And then you'll get a call from your customer later on that you've overheated the plastic. So having an understanding of it in a scientific fashion is really important in operating the trailer. It helps me a lot to be able to read the uh, what they call the certification sheet for the product that I've got when I go to unload it to know what the melt rate is. And people wonder why we don't just put them straight on pneumatic tanks and never done it before. Well, this is exactly why, because you got to have some, you got to have some experience in figuring it out. Well, you have black plastic and you have white plastic and you have clear plastic and any customer that you go to and you put any of the wrong color plastic into their silo you have what's called a contamination so the liability of that is huge and so we we try to make sure that every time we get the trailer washed out that there's not a speck of anything left in it that's that's your mainstay is don't make that mistake to contaminate right how do the customers treat you the customers out in the field they are very helpful when you get there about letting you know where you're going to be and what you're going to do in this division because it is so critical that everything is done correctly on the unload. There's no go back and undo that we put this plastic in the wrong place. If you put the plastic in the wrong silo and he tells me to do it, then that's, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. I have to follow his lead. So if I'm, you know, on time and everything has transpired in a correct fashion, then most of the time, everyone out there is always glad to see you. And, and they, they seem to be very helpful for the most part. And I mean, there's, you don't win them all, but for the most part, most of the people you go see in the plastic division, pneumatic division on the customers, they are glad to see you. And especially on the second time after you've done them a, a job where you didn't spill anything or you didn't have anything go wrong sigh of relief to see you so that i've always if i've already been to a place before i enjoy that dealing with that customer because they everybody's always in you you meet people that are different everybody's different so you know for me it's always sort of like going back to see family around certain people that like to hunt and fish and things like that it depends on the day i think most people explain that like you were telling me that when i mentioned customers downstairs you're talking about you being our customer well, we were your customer. Well, when you're an owner operator, I'm leased on to Oakley, and Oakley is my customer. The way I treat Oakley every day it makes a big difference in how that I'm delegated loads and responsibilities. The people I go see that I unload and load at are Oakley's customers. So a customer that I'm out taking care of is Oakley's customer. Oakley is my customer. So if I'm at a, a a place and I unload or I load and they call Oakley back on the phone and say, could you send that guy back? Let's me know that I'll have business in the long run and that Oakley will also have business, which it's, the left hand feeds the right hand. So I have thought about this a lot about when I get to a place and I'm not too clear on what needs to happen as to how to 
keep a smile on that face and, and be positive and keep moving forward. And you can work through any situation as long as you have the mentality, I can do this. But customers, they're very important and customer services keeps those customers coming. So that's keep that's really made a big difference for me. My first year with Oakley, I've been very happy with what I've done here and then my bank tells me I've done the right thing. So I feel like that uh, I'm where I need to be. Good, and, good. Uh, the philosophy seems to be working. We're talking to Bruce Marks from Nebo, Kentucky, one of Oakley's owner operators. And I got a, I'm going to ask him a tough question next, but before we do that, let's get to our lube zone spot. You know, you've been hearing me talk about lube zone for a couple of years now. Well, now it's time you hear from one of our owner operators. Listen to Mike Durbin talk about his experience with Lube Zone. The price is great. The service is great. From the time when I pulled in the door to the time I pulled out was less than an hour. Best I've ever had as far as an owner-operator had my oil change. Checked the oil. They showed me the oil. They had all the portion on the wrenches. Showed me my rear end oil uh, on the paper. And uh, they did the job, you know, it was just, it was very nice to go somewhere, get what you wanted done and, and go. I was very pleased with it. Like I said, very satisfied. I will go out of my way from now on to go there. Check out lubezone.com for all their services and all their locations and tell them you heard it on the Oakley podcast. Okay. Talking with Bruce about his success story here at Oakley Trucking. I got you a good question. Bruce, I know you don't want me to ask this, but I'm going to tell you what. What's the worst thing about Oakley Trucking in your experience? Well, uh, being a new owner operator, the the responsibilities that you have to learn that are different than what you have whenever you're a company driver are immense. And when you do get home and you're tired and you've pushed the limit and now you're finally getting home and you'd like to just sort of cool down and, and kind of get away from everything, you you have responsibilities of taking care of your own truck taking care of your paperwork and things that you need to see about. And so for me, there are times that I get a little tired, and but there's more work than can be done with Oakley. We, I've, I've stayed busy since I've come here. I've never been told, will you just sit there? We don't have anything yet. That, that, that conversation's never happened. So for me, being a motorcycle racer, I have that idea in my mind that when it's time to go, you got to go. So with that being said, the only thing I can tell anyone that might be considering doing this, if you're willing to work, you're at the right place. So I guess that changes also. You talked about immense changes when you become an owner-operator. That also changes the way you manage money, doesn't it? Absolutely. You know, organization is the key to trucking, looking forward and making sure that you're prepared for each day before you start it makes a big difference in the end of the day, how tired you are. And uh, so, yeah, when it comes to managing your money, it is a totally different um, mindset than you would normally because you do have funds in your account that would allow you to say, well, I'm going to go on vacation. But in owner-operatorship, as we all know, the cost of a new engine, the cost of tires, the cost of the vehicle and everything, you have to have a lot of self-discipline to make sure that you manage things so that tomorrow will be a good day and not a day that I've got to ask to borrow money from the bank to mm-hmm. try to do anything goes wrong. So that being said, it does help. Yeah, because I, I 
we've talked about it before, but you know, you start making a lot more money. So I think the key thing you said is self-discipline because things can be very tempting. Oh yes. Because you have a sack full of cash, you know, in the bank and you, you're very tempted to, to do things with it that you don't need to. So it's something you're exactly right when it comes to parts and repairs and things that they cost a lot of money. So you got to be prepared to do it. And you know, since I've been here, I've put myself in a position so that if I do have a breakdown, I can take care of that. And so I'll have to say that that's what lets me know I'm doing the right thing because when the rainy day comes, I'll be able to handle that. So a little more personal question. Is it, do you plan on paying off your truck a, as soon as possible? Or do you, are you going to think you're always going to have a truck payment? Well, the way I'm doing it is, is my, my business account maintains the balance so that I can pay my truck off whenever I would like to, but I keep that money in that account so that I can take care of, like I said, if they've, you know, if there's a fluke rear end or a fluke motor or a fluke transmission, that money's always there. And then the day comes, I need to pay the truck off. It's that money's there for that also. But the way I'm set up on a business plan right now, I intend to drive this truck for two years and then get another new one and just, just keep warranty and just keep moving forward with a new unit. And the price of trucks now and the availability allows me to, I feel like in my business plan to be able to carry that out. Good. So good deal. Well, what's, what's in the future for Bruce Marks? Well, uh, you know, I'm going to be retiring in a time frame of probably the next three or four years. And so I, I don't know that I'll fully retire, but I've getting myself in a position to be able to do that. And health holds up and everything keeps moving forward. I, I may work full time longer than that, but. Uh, well, you pretty, you look pretty young. How old are you? 62. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got more than three or four years with us, Bruce. <laughs> you know, but I. See, these kind of miles like him, you want to get more years than just two or three. He's a, he's a, <laughs> those are the kind you want to get as much as you can. Cause I'll, they do such a good job. I'm still uh, extremely active in my dirt bike racing and riding and everything. And that's incredible. I, I maintain a, a 250, a 450 and a 300. And, uh, so I, I, and that's like the dirt bright courses, the jumping and okay. Uh, typically what I've always done is what's called hair scramble racing. And that's you race for two hours or three hours and you have a barcode on your helmet and you ride a 12 mile course. And, oh, and so once you make that 12 miles, you go into a tent. And they scan your helmet like groceries and then you take off and, and you ride as fast as you can for another lap. And after the two hour period comes, the, the guy in the pro class that took off first at his two, into his two hours, they put out the checkered flag in that tent and you know that it's over with and, and, and it's over for the day. And, and when you GNCC race, it's a three hour race. And wow. so, uh, it'll keep you in shape and. That's probably through like woods and trails and that kind it of stuff. Is, it's is. It's extreme off-road woods and trails. and well, You can't get going too fast, probably. Well, yeah. If you get to open fields, you can Take accelerate off. up 70, 80 mile an hour and then uh, fly off into the woods and <laughs> fly off the motorcycle onto the ground and then you get back up and run back and get on it. So, uh, you know, that, that helped me a lot, though, in life. 
to not ever give up and always pick yourself back up and try again. Yeah, that's a great sport. I've always admired those guys that can do that, ride those motorcycles like that, those dirt bikes. That takes some skill. Well, I love to fish. You know, for me, uh, there's nothing like uh, catching a big old bass where you can see them down under the water. And oh, yeah. so now you're speaking my language, Bruce. Right, right. And I like to ocean fish. I, I like charter boat and get out and ocean fish. I like trout fish. So fishing and riding dirt bikes are my hobbies and uh, enjoy being home. Well, you sound like you are on your way to a great retirement down the road. Sound like you're organized. You got things going your way and you. And you seem like a good person, good uh, taking care of things, and we sure are glad to have you here at Oakley Truck, and I know that. Well, I'm glad to be aboard. They've all been really good to me. I want to give a shout-out to all the guys in the Warsh Bay. They always make my day when I come into Oakley, and they all say hello and call me my, they call me haircut. And so <laughs> I have longer hair, and then I cut it into a flat top, and then all the guys out in the shop, Teresa and Joe and Blake and James and all the guys out in the shop. It's, a, it's been like family. Harrison told me that, you know, Oakley will be your family. You know, I lost some of my mom and dad and everything. So I told him, you know, it gets kind of lonesome. He said, we'll be your family. And well, sure enough, you know, I've really been really happy with Oakley's group and everybody in safety. I want to thank all of them, you know, for their patience with anything that's going on. And who's uh, dispatching you now? I have Austin is my dispatcher. Uh, and the young man is always calls me sir and he's always polite and he does the best he can to try to get through his day with all the things that i think dispatching is probably one of the hardest jobs in the whole wide world i i'd venture to say that if i could do that job or not so yeah he's 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 doing the best he can and i enjoy his company whenever i do get to talk to him on the phone so well, good. Well, man, we appreciate you sitting down with us and sharing your story with everybody, all our listeners out there. And I mean, it's just a great story once again to have an owner-operator like you working for Oakley Trucking. So we appreciate you, appreciate you serving us. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody, to the Oakley Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and comment. Give us some feedback on what you'd like to hear in the future, and we'll be glad to try to get it done. Once again, have a good week. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Oakley Podcast, Trucking, Business, and Family. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate or review the show in the podcast platform of your choice and share it with a friend. We love hearing from our audience, so if you've got a question, comment, or just want to say hello, head over to our website, theoakleypodcast.com, and click the Leave a Comment button. We'll get you a response soon and may even share some of the best ones here on the show. We'll be back with a fresh episode very soon. Thanks for listening.